welcome to Bullpen Sessions, where you will learn the lessons from the athletes excelling at the highest level so you can take these same lessons and apply them to your sport, business, and life. My name is Andy Neary, and each week I sit down with current and former pro athletes and other professionals tied to the sports world where we dive into the mindset of those athletes excelling at the highest level, teaching you lessons you can apply so you can have massive success in your sport, business, and life. So do me a favor, grab your glove, grab a ball, take the mound, because you are about to strike out those limiting beliefs that have been holding you back oh so long. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. I'm excited today to have Cam Marshall on. I got a chance to get to know Cam a little bit a few weeks ago. And Cam, I'm excited to have you, man. You've got a, you've got quite a resume uh, on your on your plate from from your sports career, and so really, what I want to use this podcast to do uh, for the audience is talk about your journey from, you know, being a youngster up in the Bay Area to to the NFL, and then how you're applying those lessons to life today. Sound good? For sure, absolutely. And thanks awesome. for having me. Excited to be here. Oh no, I, I, I I'm excited, man. Like I said, didn't know you know you and I never met before. We were in a actually a virtual mastermind together. But virtual being the key word, and I think we had, what, about 100 people in there. So you can't always make close connections. But I think our time in Park City a few weeks back was really, really cool. It was great to spend time with you. And I'll actually reference a couple of amazing athletic feats you had uh, (laughs) in Park City, if you don't mind, as we go through this. Yeah, do your thing. (laughs) So, Cam, let's just start right here, man, for the audience who doesn't know who the heck you are. Where Where were you born? Yep. So I'm, I'm originally from San Jose, California, born and raised out there so um yeah awesome awesome well we're gonna get right into it because um your accolades from from sports are are pretty long you know i can just i can spend all my time sitting here reading this but you know you played we're gonna talk about your career at arizona state you're the number seven all-time leading rusher at asu uh, single tied for the single season record of touchdowns 18 second all-time with 38 rushing t- r- uh, rushing touchdowns and so you've had you had a one hell of a career at Arizona State in the backfield but let's actually go previous to that you know growing up in the Bay Area you were more on the south end right towards San Jose yep yep south side of the Bay huh when did you really realize football could be a thing for you um, so like early on, obviously, you know, you had some success playing in, you know, your little league sports and, um, you know, my last year of playing the Pop Warner, we, we had won the national championship. So that was kind of like an early test, but I'd say like when it was real, when it was really like real for me was my first like football camp. So I went to, I went to Arizona state, they had like a, a football camp for like high school students. I don't even know if they still do this or not, but. So basically our high school students from all around the country will uh will come out and they'll you know you'll do a camp. So I had done a camp like that and I had done another camp um at another point in the time of the year with same type of thing. High school kids from all around different areas, different states, you know, different parts of the California will fly and kinda just, you know, you'll they'll work you out, you'll do drills, you'll compete against people. And so for me, I I realized I was like, Okay, I'm actually pretty good. Um like I knew, I always knew I was good, but I realized I was pretty good when I got to see myself against other kids from other areas, you know, Texas and Southern California, and you know, all these other different areas who are Florida, and you know, these kids are good at sports, and you're like, are these, you know, these are, you know, pretty uh, well-known states. So you come out there and you compete against those guys, and and you're doing well against those guys. You're like, okay, like 
I'm not just like locally good. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm good, good. So, <laughs> um, so that's probably like the first, like the first real time. So that's probably like my junior year of high school, like where I was able to really confirm it. I knew I was always good, but again, I was just really able to confirm it against different competition. Well, and I think you bring up a good point. You know, I, I grew up in Wisconsin and as a high school athlete, it's hard to compare yourself locally sometimes mm-hmm. because you were, whereas you come from one of the best states in America when it comes to high, th- high school athletics. I mean, some of the competition in California, especially in the sport of football, um, there's only really two other states I think of that can compare and that's Texas and Florida. And so yeah. you're sitting at a national camp competing against kids against Texas and Florida, and you're competing that that should have given you a pretty good indication that, yeah, I think I got what it takes to play at the next level. Um, right. Now you had obviously a really successful high school career. I'm just curious, you know, again, going back to early on in, in maybe little league football or whatever, was there a reason you chose running back over any other position? Uh, not, I mean, no. So I guess like my very first year of football, they put me at running back, but like, <laughs> I could never remember which way the the holes were like, you know, they have even numbers for the right, odd numbers for the left. So like, but my very, you know, we're talking eight years old, I'm playing. So they're like, okay, 22. And then like, you know, one to the left. So they're like, they put me at O-line for a day. <laughs> And uh, I was killing people at O-line, so they're like, okay, well, we need to go ahead and put them back at, at running back, and we'll just help them out with the uh, with the stuff. I've since, you know, gained some football knowledge and, you know, understand the game a lot more than I did at, at eight. But, uh, um, but, yeah, so running back, it just – it was pretty natural for me. I mean, I was always a, a fast, athletic, you know, stocky kid. So um, it was kind of natural, especially at that time period. You know, kids weren't – we weren't we, – now the kids, they, they throw the ball around a lot, but when I mean, kids weren't really throwing the ball where I was playing. So all the athletic kids either played running back or, you know, some quarterback or something on defense. So, you know, running back just kind of where they put me. I love that they actually moved you from the offensive line to running back or back yeah. to, running, <laughs> to running back to protect the other team because you were killing kids on the <laughs> offensive line. I absolutely love that. And by the way, guys, I had a chance, as I mentioned, to hang out with Cam in Park City. We were skiing. Uh, fly fishing, uh, having fun in an air, indoor air park. This dude has got tree trunks for legs, so I would not mess with this guy whatsoever. In fact, did I read you ran a four three two forty? That was yeah. That was so. That was a hand time, and I was uh, coming out of. I think I was coming out of high school. I was clocked at that. So my my pro day wasn't a four three. Um, I think officially on my pro day I was like a four five one, but. I think it was faster than that, but you know, that's what, that's what they told me. So um, that's, that's, up to the, that's up to the scouts, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I had, I, exactly. I ran enough four fours in training to, uh, to know what one felt like. And, you know, I felt like every bit of a four, four, um, but you know, that's just what they, uh, that's what they got me. That's what I got to be held to. Absolutely. Now, so I, I'm curious because again, for the folks listening that don't don't know who you are, you 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 also have a younger brother who's been extremely successful on the football field, both at the collegiate level and he played in the NFL and is currently in the CFL. Just like you know, a, 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 very similar to the career trajectory that you t- you took. Were your parents athletes? They, <laughs> the, the, I mean, like the the gene pool going through the Marshall family has to be insane. Two running, two two boys who are running backs playing at major college. You know, your brother played at Oregon. You're at Arizona State. You both play in the NFL. Were your were your parents athletes? They are, and yes, and I and I do gotta I gotta give credit to the person who started everything with at least with the kids. My my older sister, she ran track 
at, at the University of Arizona. So, mm, okay. um, so she she kind of got us all started off with you know going to sports on scholarship or going to college on scholarship. So, uh, uh, but yes, yeah, so my parents were and actually yeah, my sister too. She was a you know top ten hurdler in the nation coming out of coming out of high school. So or top eight actually. Um, so. Um, so yeah, so a lot of a lot of talent between the three of us. But uh, but yes, both of my parents were athletes. Um, they uh, my dad played basketball and ran track, and my mom same thing, basketball and track. Um, and uh, so yeah, the football just kind of came. I know my dad both wanted both me and my brother to play basketball, but uh, football just kind of came a little bit more naturally to us. I think my brother likes basketball better, even still to this day, but. You know, neither one of us are six foot, so, um, you know, football it is. You know, you, br- you bring up, and we're going to get to your, you know, the, your Arizona State career here in a second, but I want to I ask a question about a point you just made that I think is impo- important for people to understand. Because you had a chance to play at, you know, the major Division One level, you got a chance to play at the NFL level. Did you see a lot of guys who, let's face it, maybe didn't like the sport? all that much, but because they were just so damn talented at it and had a chance to make, let's face it, in some cases, generational wealth, they just kept playing. Oh yeah. I mean, you see a lot of guys, you know, in the locker room, like, man, I rock, I root. I really wish I would have been play basketball. Every football player wants to play basketball. So, um, you know, so you get a lot of that, but I mean, you guys are just good at what they're good at. Uh, some guys, you know, everyone, we all talk to now, like, or when we be in the locker room, like, man, I wish I would have played baseball. We're looking at baseball contracts, and these guys are getting 10-year contracts for a billion dollars. And you're like, man, I wish I – and, and they're like, okay, their body looks like it's way fresher than ours. They're playing to their mid-30s, late-30s, 40s. Like, so, so we wish we would have played baseball but or, or basketball, something like that. But you know, it's all good. It's, it's, it's fun. Well, and you bring up another great point that I think NFL athletes, because with as much as you guys get beat up, the pay the pay is definitely probably not at the same level as other sports for sure. Um, so you had a chance. Here you are, top running back, not only in California, but in, in, in the country as a senior in high school. Um, probably had a lot of scholarship offers. Why Arizona State? Um, it was really simple for me. I mean, it was they really just invested in me a lot, and they – they showed me um, that they, you know, really were, were committed to me and committed to my growth there as a student athlete. So, um, and I took, I took a visit to uh, Oregon. I turned them down. Took a visit to Utah. They weren't in the Pac-12 at the time. I say I'm old, so I was in the Pac-10 um, <laughs> for the first two years in the Pac-12. My last two, so, um, so they weren't there, and that was kind of not the level I really wanted to play with, and. Uh, Surprisingly, Northwestern was my second choice. Again, it was just it was all it was all the feel. It was it was less about the big school for me. I mean, I was like, if I wanted to go to a big school, I went to Oregon. Um, but uh, less about a big school for me, and more about like my like team's commitment to me and like where they invested in me. And so I really felt Arizona State was was invested in me. Um, and so uh, I'm glad I made glad I glad I went here. You you weren't lured, you weren't lured in by the uh, different uniforms every game up in what was going on up in Eugene. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, that was that was like a that was hard to like look past, and you know that's like all the Nike, and I love Nike, so like so I'm looking at all that stuff, and I'm like at the end of the day, it's like I felt like if I you know go to school and do what I want to do and, and accomplish things I want to accomplish, like you know at some point I could probably buy all the Nike that I want to buy anyway. So bingo, and I think that's yeah. an important message, Cam, because. 
you know, I see it in every sport and, you know, kids coming out of high school going to these, that have these opportunities to go. In some cases you can go sit at a division one school, or you can go down to maybe a mid-major division one, or even a division two and play from day one. I see so many kids who, who choose the spotlight and, but they end up sitting for four years. And it's like, why I would have chosen to go down a, a notch where I would have been able to play every day. And again, what we've seen in sport, in college, especially football and baseball, maybe more than basketball is even at a lower level, you still have a chance to play at the next level if the talent is there. And, Absolutely. And, and I think and, it was good too. Cause I mean, like a, at ASU, I felt like I had a, an opportunity to compete when we were, we were top 25 school when I was being recruited. Um, and so I was like, you know, not only are they invested in me, but they do have a chance to compete as well. Um, so I think both of those things are important, but like you're saying, like it doesn't make sense to go sit at a, at a, at a Alabama or, or at a USC um, or I mean, a USC when, you know, back when they had Reggie Bush and, you know, all, all those guys when they're stacked, um, no, it makes no sense to go sit at a school like that, Oregon, for example. Um, when you can, you know, go to someplace else and, and actually have an opportunity to play. And like you said, you can still achieve your goals of going, you know, to whatever school that you want to go to. Well, and, and, to, and you know, point I want to make is you didn't take a step down. You ended up at ASU also in the Pac-10. You know, when you got there, I'm curious because, you know, you come out of high school and I always use the phrase, the hometown heroes, right? Like you can stand out. You were the standout, the the number one player in your team, probably in your area, but now you're at in the pac 10 and now you're on a team of guys who were all in that position coming out of high mm-hmm. school. Um, what would you say was the biggest difference, you know, standing in a backfield in the pac 10 versus a backfield in Northern California, you know, in a Northern California high school game, what were some of the differences you noticed pretty early on? <laughs> The size people, <laughs> you, got, you got some, you got some grown men on the other side. Um, you know, you're not just like the biggest person or like the most athletic person on the field anymore. Um, so, you know, so the size of the guys for sure. Um, and just like, you know, you, and you got some dogs that you're, that you're going against now, like, like across the board. It's not just like, okay, the other team maybe has like two or three dogs or whatever. Like, it's like, okay, there's, there's 11 dogs on the other side that, you know, that, that have been competing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's probably the biggest difference in the speed of the game. Um, the speed of the game was uh, like adjusting to, I'd say like the speed from like going from like your freshman year to varsity is probably bigger than it is from like varsity to like college kind of, I don't know. It's, it's like a weird, but speed of the games, like, like it gets faster. So you start seeing like guys fly around and practice and things like that. You're like, man, everything's flying. But uh, it slows down like once you like start getting into getting into everything. But well, and that's a, that's that's a question I wanted to ask you because I I think everybody hits that point in their college career. This is a good thing for high school athletes to hear. You know, when you get to that next level, everything is so fast. You've got linebackers running sideline to sideline at a speed you haven't seen before. And like you said, it's not one guy on the defense that's all state. Like this is a now a lineup of former all state players. When did you hit that moment where things started slowing down for you? Was it your end of your freshman year, sophomore year? Where did it really say, okay, I'm here. The speed's slowing down. It's easier to read the holes now. And I feel like I belong. I'm here. I'm ready to actually succeed in the Pac-10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say in my freshman year, I mean, I think like after training camp or after the first couple of games, like you, 
you get a feel for stuff. I mean, obviously, like, I, so I played as a true freshman. Um, didn't start as a true freshman. I started one game as a true freshman. Um, and uh, so you, you, you get things, but, like, uh, the, next, the next years, like, the more and more you play, the more and more you get it. So the more reps you get. But, I mean, I'd say, like, in terms of me feeling like, okay, I can do this. I, I, feel, I feel pretty good. You know, coming out of camp my freshman year, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I should, I should be playing. You know, like, I, I get it. It makes sense. At, at, at least at that level, you know, I, I get it to a certain point. I understand my assignment. I understand what I need to do. Um, I know I can, I know how to make, I hit the hole and, you know, do that, do that kind of stuff. So um, it's like, that's when I started to click for me. And I just got better and better from there. But uh, that's when it really started to click for me coming out of camp my freshman year. Were there any guys early on in your college career? Like you said, you, you got playing time as a true freshman. Were there any guys, you know, as you get called, you know, you're, you come in the game, you're in the backfield, you're, you're scoping the defense and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so-and-so standing at middle linebacker. Was there anybody you faced early on in your college career? Like, damn, I'm going up against him now. Um, I mean, not necessarily from that perspective, but like, at least from the standpoint of like, I, I recognize that person's name or like, you know, you've seen that person before, things like that. So, I mean, obviously, like, I, I went to I went to school with, with Vontez Burfick, too. So, like, Tez is over there on the other side. And that's, that's practice. So, I mean, you see you see him every day. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just things like that. I mean, at the end of the day, like, as a competitor, you're, you're not like – at least that's how I felt. Like, as a competitor, I was never like, man, like, there, there's – so-and-so over there it was just like all right like I noticed him obviously because you know name recognition and things like that um but uh but it wasn't like you know you're not you're not just like dang I don't want I don't want to tackle him I don't want to hit him because then if that's the case <laughs> it's like you lost already so yeah it was, it was never really like that for me well let's talk about this because you know you had obviously I read the stats earlier you had a very successful career at ASU number seven all-time leading rusher tied for the single season record for touchdowns um what do I have? Second all time with 38 rushing touchdowns. So you had an amazing career there. But what most people don't realize when it comes to college athletes is all the work you put in off the field. Give people a sense for like what it was like to be a division one athlete, a college football player. What, what, what was your typical day like, not just in the classroom, but all the work you had to put in on a daily basis to be successful on Saturdays? Yeah, so I mean, it, it obviously depends on the time of the year. I'm sure, like, like for you, you for you with baseball, like just sometimes, like during the season, is different schedule than off season. But in in an off season schedule, um, you would you know work out in the morning, so like six a.m. workouts or so, and then then you're going to class and you're coming back to do some type of either study hall or if it's spring, if it's during the spring, then you're you know coming back to do spring practice and you know so it's. It's early morning workouts. Then my, then my senior year, we switched to practicing in the morning. So like, I used to we used to go to get up and I'd be there at like five thirty. You know, you got to do your treatment and stuff beforehand. Then you go to meetings, then you go to practice, then you go to class, and then you come back and maybe you got to go to study hall or tutoring if you have tutoring um, or film review. So um, it's a it's a it's a full day. <laughs> you're, you're you're up early and you're uh, you're doing stuff all day and then. You maybe go home and take a nap and come back to the facility and do some stuff or take a nap in the locker room. That, that's probably the best. I got probably some of the best naps I ever had in my life in that locker room. So, uh, you know, taking taking that little break between hand, you know, crashing for 30 minutes, 40 minutes and getting back up and, you know, going to do something else. So between 
film and you know like having make sure you're you're putting the right things in your body as, as best as possible i mean you're still you know 19 year old kid so i'm sure all my decisions weren't weren't great but uh but yeah i mean that's it's, it's long days yeah i i think you know to me what separates the the athletes men or women that come into college sports the ones who give themselves the best chance to play at then the next level, which is pro sports and those that fizzle out is how well they're able to manage that time. Cause I mm-hmm. think between college and high school, you get a lot more free time. Right. A lot of it's curated. Like you just mentioned where you had to be here, then here, then here, then here. Um, but it's that ability to manage that time and show up every day. I'm curious, you know, I look back at your ASU career. Um, if you were to break it down you know, into two or three things that allowed you, and we'll get to this in a second, that play to play at the next level. What would mm-hmm. you, what would those things be, Cam? If I said, Cam, why did you get the chance to play at the NFL level? What would you say the two or three things are? Uh, consistency. So for like showing up, being where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do. So one, I think that's a tough part for guys. Just like that like showing up and showing up the right way. I think that's the tough part for people. I've seen some drop off of guys doing that. So like not being able to be counted on. Um, so I'd say consistency was, was one, obviously talent, um, was is, is another one. Um, but I think that, uh, hard work too, uh, just really like knowing that, Hey, I, this is what I really want to do. Um, this is a goal of mine and, and I'm willing to like put in the work, I'm willing to, you know, if I'm injured, like I'm, like I, I didn't, I played in every college game um, that I had. Like I never missed a game for injury and I've been beat up my junior year, especially I, my body was beat up horribly, but you know, it's just like consistency showing up to treatment, you know, working hard and practice, you know, with whatever, whatever, with whatever I can't could do, you know, I was, I was injured. I was hurt. I was uncomfortable, but you know, just fighting through all that stuff. So really just showing up and, uh, and working hard and, and, and then knowing the last part is like really knowing what you're supposed to do and understanding what you're supposed to do. So putting in the mental aspect. So there's a lot of guys who can play um, physically, but like they're never in the right spot. So then the coach is like, I can't put you, you know, in the game if you're not going to be in the right spot, but you know, very talented, but you know, it's just, if you, if you're not, if you don't, if you don't know how to move with the talent, then, you know, you're not really going to play very much. I think it's an accumulating effect. I, the word I was looking for you to say, and you said it was consistency, you know, yeah. one, putting all the, doing all the little things off the field, those drills, those mechanics that so, uh, seems so mundane and so boring in the moment. Um, but to your point, talent's one thing, but if you can't do the little things right, you're not going to get on the field. Right. And so, you know, now let's quickly just talk about your NFL career. Cause you spend time, you know, with the dolphins, Seahawks, Jaguars, and then you spent some time in the CFL as well. I've got a couple questions for you. I'd asked you the question from, you know, California high school football to the Pac-10. Now the Pac-10 and Pac-12 by the time you left. Pac-12 mm-hmm. to the NFL. You're now standing in an NFL backfield. Yeah. What is that jump like from the college to the NFL? Even faster. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. Like as like the like you're saying, like the funnel gets a little bit smaller as you as you get higher. So you got you know your high school to college. Everyone was the best from everyone on that college team was the best on their high school team, and uh, or among the best on the high school team. And then all those guys in the college team, when you go to the NFL, like all those guys were like among the best on their on their on their college team. So now you're in the NFL playing with 
you know, an even smaller funnel. So it's even faster. It's even more physical. It's even more mental. Um, everything's elevated. So it's really like uh, an eye-opening moment, um, especially me coming in there. So I went, I went in there as an undrafted free agent. My senior year, uh, we had a coaching change. So my senior year wasn't as successful as my junior year. Um, and just you know, a lot of factors that went along with that. So ended up going undrafted. So that's already an uphill battle as is, you know, there's a small percentage of guys who make the roster being undrafted. Um, and so you just kind of going in there, you're just like, man, I just got to like compete. Like everything is compete. Like from like going to meetings and like showing up to like uh, the way you take notes, the way you like know your assignment. Like there's, there's a lot less room for error. Um, when you go in there as, your, as a rookie and when you're undrafted, because they're just like, we'll cut you and we'll bring somebody else in. Like, so there's always like that little fear in the back of your mind. Like in college, you know, okay, hey, I'll come on scholarship. It's going to take a lot for me to lose my scholarship. And then I felt it's like, it doesn't take that much for you to lose your job. <laughs> and this is your job at this point too. It's not really just like, you know, school. It's like, hey, this is how I'm gonna, supposed to make money for, you know, the next however long. So. Yep. Um, and that's, and the stakes are even higher when the pay is right. higher, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you brought up something too, that I think is, uh, can't go overlooked. You had a really successful junior season. Then he had a coaching change, which I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, you probably had an offensive, uh, mindset, offensive, uh, philosophy change. Did yeah. you, did you, was there that feeling that maybe you weren't as good of a fit in the offense your senior year as maybe you were your junior year? Um, I think that, I think that, um, new coaches came in. So I, I had, I did have an injury in that training camp, okay. um, leading up to the season. So a little hamstring. So it wasn't anything that was crazy, but I think, I just think there was a combination of things. It wasn't one thing, but it was okay. a combination of like them wanting to, do things their way with, with some of the guys that they wanted. And, and I love, uh, MG was in my backfield, Marion Grice and, and DJ Foster. I think those are really talented players. Um, and so I think that, you know, I was having to share a backfield my senior year versus like having to kind of, or getting to kind of run the backfield my junior year. So yeah. I think that philosophy change, um, wasn't beneficial to me. Um, it was good for those guys, but, and, and I love those guys. So it wasn't like they were, they were, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, these guys aren't talented. These guys can't play. Um, you know, MG played, MG got drafted and he played with the Cardinals and, uh, who else did he play for? I don't remember he played with the Cardinals. I know DJ's with the Cardinals right now. I'm pretty sure. So, um, so talented guys. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, I'm sharing a back foot with, with, with guys who weren't deserving and things like that. But I think that was, that's difficult to go from like being, you know, the only guy or not the only guy I'm sharing, sharing the backfield a little bit versus sharing, sharing it with two other guys. Um, so, I mean, you see the, the production didn't necessarily go down, but the attempts went down. So, um, well, and I only ask that question because I think you see it a lot, maybe at the NFL level, um, yeah. you, a team drafts a guy and whether it's a defense, let's say it's a defensive player and they have a system that maybe isn't the best fit for that player his talent level, his talent can go actually appear to go down because he just might be in the wrong system, mm -hmm. you know, for yeah, his skill so. set. And that's why I asked the question, because you see a lot in the NFL where a team drafts a guy and he's just, if it's not the right fit for some guys, that can be the difference between a mediocre career and a hall of fame career. 
absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I'd probably say a combination of, you know, like I said, right fit and like right philosophy. Um, yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. So those, those things were probably made a little tougher for me in my senior year. I love your thoughts on this because I laugh when people, you know, go back to two, three, four years ago when, you know, the, the Browns were we're heading towards 0 and 16 and those mm-hmm. one in 15 years. And you'd hear people say, Oh, the, 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 the Alabama and Clemson could kill Cleveland. And I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? You take okay. the worst team in the NFL and it wouldn't be close. What, what are your thoughts on that? A man yeah, who is a man who has seen both levels. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the I mean, Bama, they've got, they've got some great teams and obviously, you know, Clemson, same thing, great teams, great players, but you know, you're not saying, 22 guys from those Bama teams and Clemson teams going to the next level to play, you know what yeah. I mean? Like all those guys have been picked off with their team to go play in the, at the next level. And it's hard to win games up there. I mean, even yeah. when you see good team, I mean, like you see good players on good teams talk about how hard it is to win games week in and week out. No one just, it's not a cakewalk for anybody. Even if it looks like that, it's, it's hard to win games at that level. So the last question I want to ask you before we move on to it's called chapter two of your life, you, you also finished your career in the CFL. Mm-hmm. And for those that are not familiar, it's a different style of football, right? Right. It's yeah. a longer field, bigger end zones. Um, it seems to be more of a passing game because the receivers get a head start. It's just, it's, if you haven't watched it and watch it for the first time, you'd be like, what the hell's going on as yeah. a running back? What was that like for you? Was that a, was that a big shift in how the game was played? Uh, yes and no. So I like, guess because, now there's an there's also an extra defender on the field. The field is wider, and you know, so like you said, longer longer field, longer end zone. So, um, and there's three downs instead of four. So, as a running back, um, you know, you can run for like if I get a three yard gain on first down and second down. Now we're third and um, we're third and six, or what is that? Third and four. Excuse me, bad math. So we're third and four. That's like third and medium. Like you're you're good to like, that's like a, you can pretty much do everything in your playbook on at, at third or medium. You know, you can pass, deep pass, short pass, run the ball, whatever you kind of see fit. In Canada, it's like if I have a three yard gain on first down, now we're basically like second and long, um, and but you only get three down. So that's like a passing down now. That's definitely a passing down versus it being like your playbook being open a little bit more. So you got to kind of, your first down's got to count a little bit more. So you're, you're going to get the ball less times running the ball wise, but you may get it. You may touch the ball just in, in the passing game a little bit more. So definitely some differences there. Um, a lot of, a lot of running around, a lot of motions. Motions can get kind of crazy. Like you said, if, you, if you're just trying to see a CFL game, which I would recommend, it's, it's a very entertaining, uh, very entertaining game. It's not too much different so that you would, you still could track, but, it's a, uh, it's very entertaining, um, but it is different. So, well, it's, um, you know, I didn't realize they have a 12th defender. Yeah. There's 12, wow. There's 12 I, didn't, I didn't realize yeah. that. Uh, do you guys, do you have 12 guys on offense too? Yeah. 12 guys okay. on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I remember probably I was in middle school when we got cable, you know, back in the yeah. early nineties <laughs> and that they had CFL games. And that was back when mm-hmm. Doug Flutie was just dropping bombs all over the uh, CFL. So I remember watching yeah. that for the first time and you're just like, what is this? Like these re- <laughs> receivers are standing five to 10 yards back, getting these running starts. And yeah, it was, it's definitely a sport of timing. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, let, yeah, definitely a lot of timing. Your, your football career ended a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what you're doing now. What are you up to these days? 
Yeah, so entrepreneurship this is a it's been a huge. Uh, this is what I've like tried to taking my steps in, and it's been uh, it's been humbling. <laughs> I mean, to go from to go from doing something for you know really, I say twenty years, just because the way I approach football, even at a young age. I mean, I've always treated this like a job and, and a career. So I mean, I've missed out on. I shouldn't say missed out. I've chosen to do my sports and, and taking that with a, with a different level of like seriousness. than I think some people are also like throughout like high school, throughout middle school where I'm like having to like run four games, like lose weight and make sure like, you know, your weigh-ins are all good. And, you know, to like waking up in the morning and doing push-ups and sit-ups and all that kind of stuff every day before school. So you do that to, to high school and you're lifting in the morning. You're not, you know, you're not going on Christmas vacation and summer vacation because you're playing your sports or running track or whatever to college to doing all the things that you know you're doing in college so you're doing this stuff for 20 years um and then you're kind of all right now now i gotta try my hand at something that's like completely new you know what i mean like it's not like you you had a ton of i've I've had jobs and things like that that i've worked and had experience doing stuff you know between seasons and or at periods where i haven't been signed or things like that but i mean it's it's a different beast to like to go from doing something that you know for very long to like doing something that you like, you're really trying to figure out. So, well, and, and I know you're dabbling, you're, uh, you're using your entrepreneurial spirit to dabble into the real estate right. uh, industry. And I think what you said is so true. Cause as an athlete, this is how I felt when I dipped my toe into the entrepreneurial world. Not trust me, Cam, I did it a lot later in life than you did. Mm-hmm. Um, in sports, when you're failing, oftentimes it's just, going and doing more of the physical things, right? Hit the weight, work on the mechanics, yada, yada, yada. Whereas in entrepreneurship, I think a lot of the failure really challenges you between the ears, right? The mental side of like, okay, this isn't working. Try this. Mm -hmm. Okay, this isn't working. Would you agree with that? That it's actually, in some cases, harder to overcome failure as it is that I just fumbled on the 10-yard line with a chance to go ahead and for, with the go ahead score. Yeah. So I, I would, I would definitely agree with that, especially from a standpoint of like what you're saying, like failures in entrepreneurship. Like if I fumble on the 10 yard line going with the go ahead score, uh, which actually I've done before. Uh, <laughs> I, and I didn't know that. Sorry to, sorry yeah, to tell you. <laughs> a little source, but I, I did that. It was actually inside the five playing Oregon. Anyways, we don't need to bring that up. But, uh, but if you do that, you know exactly what it is that you need. To, to change or to, to or to fix in order to like for that not to happen again. So I know, okay, yeah, I need to squeeze the ball when I'm going through. I need two hands on the ball, whatever, going through the hole or any number of things. Like I know what, exactly what it is. I can work on that. Like you said, the physical stuff, the, the, the entrepreneur stuff, like, okay, I failed here. There's so many different variables and there's not even like the structure in most cases when you're starting off, there's not even like the structure that, that there is like when you're playing your sport. So like improving within a structure versus like creating a structure and then like having to figure out where you, where you need to improve that is those are two very different things. I think that's like where the big, the big gaps are. So I think that's harder in a lot of respects than it is to like improve within, within a certain structure. Well, and let's face it, you played football. I played baseball. If you fail, I remember the plenty of games where I failed on the mound. Tomorrow's a new day. You got a new, you got to practice. You're with your team. It's a team effort. So yes, maybe mm-hmm. you failed and didn't do your job, but it doesn't mean you were the only one who cost the, your team the game. 
entrepreneurship is lonely, right? <laughs> yeah. When you fail, you fail alone. And yeah. I think that's the other thing that's hard for a lot of people to understand and digest is like, you know, you, there's no practice tomorrow. So you've got yeah. to get your ass up tomorrow, even though yesterday sucked, right. uh, you lost a big account, you, you, you lost a client, whatever it is, and you got to get back at it. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what made you so good at ASU is consistency. Right. And I, and yeah. so, you know, and, and for those that don't know your, your wife, Aisha, um, I'm, I apologize. Her business, what's the name of her business? Creative label. Creative logo. I mean, you've got a good mentor. She is absolutely crushing it. And so, you know, when we think of coaches and mentors, you've got one living in your own house, which is which is a nice asset to have. Let's talk about this, Cam. I'm going to go off, off subject here before we wrap up the uh, episode. So okay. you and I got a chance to hang out. We had really never mm-hmm. met, but we got a chance to hang out in Park City a few weeks back at uh, Kyle Depey's uh, Reaching Beyond Experience. And what I loved, in fact, for people who don't know, every time we do this, we vote for the kind of the MVP uh, of of the uh, experience. You got MVP, yeah, and the person who played most all out, which is which is what I love. And so, tell me a little bit about that because what we did is we did three things, right? We skied, we fly fished, mm. and then we got a chance for ninety minutes to go act like kids inside an indoor air park at the base mm. of one of the mountains. Now. Coming into those two days, you had done none of it before in your life. Yeah. What was that experience like dipping, you know, trying things like that out for the first time? Honestly, uh, it was tough. Like the, the <laughs> snowboarding, like snowboarding was probably the toughest. I mean, physically, like, I mean, I, I've got, I was getting thrashed on, <laughs> thrashed on that mountain. So like, I like, so physically like hitting the ground, getting back up, hitting the ground, getting back up, like that's tough on the body. Like it's, and it's frustrating. And you're just like, I, I feel like I should be better at this. Cause it's like, you're just doing something athletic and, uh, but like never snowboarding for 29 years. And then have all of a sudden going snowboarding and you're like <laughs> trying to figure it out. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's like doing that. And then like, same thing going fishing, like frustrating. Cause I'm hearing you and the other guys, Oh, kind of another one, kind of another one. I'm like, throwing my line back in there. Like, okay. Like I haven't caught anything yet. And cause like, you know, I'm, you know, as athletes, we're competitive. So like, you just, you want to compete, like, and you want to, and you want to like win. And that's just like in your nature, that's what you want to do. Uh, so it doesn't change just because you're doing something that you haven't done before. And so, um, you know, but if there's a lot of lessons, there's a lot, I mean, we can, we can go on all day with, about that stuff, which we don't necessarily have to, but like, there's a lot of lessons that I, that I was able to learn within those things, like kind of what was going on in my head mentally versus what was physically, what I was physically doing. Um, you know, it was matching a lot of times. So, um, so it was good to kind of like see like what was going on in my head to actually like be happening to my physical body and, and then to understand that lesson in those ways, which, which, uh, was super helpful. Well, you know, folks, the ones listening in that, that weren't there, which is almost all of you. I mean, you talk about getting outside your comfort zone when we showed up at the river to go fly, <laughs> to go fly fishing, it was cold. It was cold. And, you know, you live in Arizona, so you're used to the warmth all year. I'm in Colorado, so you get both. But, damn, standing in that water, man, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, I, don't about, I don't know about you. There was a moment I'm like, I'm out. I, I, that, that, that shuttle is warm as hell. I'm going in it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's how I was feeling, too, when I wasn't catching any fish. And I'm like, I'm standing here freezing freezing over here. And, uh, you know, I'm not catching any fish. And everyone else is catching fish. And, you know, you get frustrated. But then you got to, like, 
you know, lock in and relax and figure out what you're doing and all that stuff. But yeah, there was a moment for sure. I was, I, I was almost out. I'm like, man, I'm over here standing in this cold water, freezing my butt off, not catching no fish. I'm out. But, you know, stuck with it. I'm glad I did. I caught two that day. So, so I, and I think the, it, there was a really important lesson because, you know, and again, you, you redeemed yourself hugely by going into the indoor park because you were more in your element, folks. We did it, a, a, had a little contest. If you've ever seen one of these indoor air parks, you've got the trampolines, the foam pits, and we started uh, having a long jump competition, I believe yeah. is, is the best way to look at it. Cam, dude, you almost freaking hide or long jumped beyond the pit. You hit the got wall. It, yeah, it was I'm like we're watching. We, you guys, I wish anybody listening in could have witnessed this. Cam takes off, goes off the jump, damn near clears the foam pit. Imagine somebody doing this long jump with these tree trunks. From that moment on, you were every kid's hero in that <laughs> building. It was it was this actually astonishing to watch you do it, and then fun to watch all these kids like whoa. So. Let's uh let's wrap this up, Cam. Um, I got a couple questions for you. Sure. Because I think this goes back to stepping outside your comfort zone. I think, and we talked about you know you, you when you whether you were on the football field now in your entrepreneurial ventures, getting uncomfortable is something we have to do every day, and stepping into a whole new career post football, it's a big step for a lot of a lot of athletes, especially. So, two pieces of advice I'd love you to give. For that high school athlete, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, who's looking at the looking to play at the next level and maybe looking to play at a high level, what piece of advice would you give him or her right now? Be consistent and work. I mean, it's it's not the time to to sit back and be like, oh, I'm good, or to sit back and if, if this is something that you really want, you gotta invest. And so you gotta invest your time, your energy, your effort. And so I mean that may mean you don't get to, you know you don't get to go on all the vacations. You don't get to go on all the, uh, you know, summer stuff. Maybe you got to sit back and work and you got to come up with a plan. And it's like, okay, Hey, if my feet are slow, I gotta, I gotta really work on foot quickness and what do I need to do to work on foot quickness and who do I need to get with? And and all that kind of stuff, especially at that age, everyone wants to help, um, help, help somebody young like that. So there's a lot of resources you probably can get tapped into and everyone knows somebody. So really you got to invest that, uh, invest the time and the energy um, cause it just doesn't happen overnight. It's not, it's not like how, how you see on social media or it's not like, okay, you can do one workout and, and that's it. Like you gotta do that stuff day in and day. I can't tell you how many eight to 10 hour days I had between working out and lifting and, and then doing my, uh, my actual team's football practice in high school. And then doing that the summer after summer after summer and, and each year picking a different thing that I needed to work on. So like, you really got to, if this is something that you really want to do, invest the time in doing it. I'm not saying like you can't go to prom or, you know, you can't have any fun, but just know that like there's always a trade-off. So that's um, awesome, man. What about, what about a pro athlete now? Career's winding down. They're retired, but they're still mm-hmm. only 28, 29 years old. You've now yeah. made that adjustment. What advice would you give that pro athlete, male or female? Um, if you're, I would say like before you retire, if you can, if you're in the financial position and all that kind of stuff, just get curious. Like there's so many resources within these leagues or oftentimes it's, that, that go unused, um, you know, connections and internships and, and, uh, and, and outreach and things like that. So use your resources to like, you know, get in touch with people that you're interested in and start doing stuff that like interests you. Um, I, I tell my brother this all the time, I'm like, man, just whatever you're interested in, like, even if it's just something little, like if you're just like spend five, 10, 15, 
whatever, minutes a day, just looking at something that you're interested in, researching something that you're interested in and just like, and see like where it takes you. And so just get curious and, you know, really just be out there while, while you have the, you know, while you have the opportunity and like this and the stability. And if, and if you're in a position where you don't necessarily have all that stuff, you got to figure it out quicker Then you know, that, that process just speeds up. But, uh, that's, um, that, but just, yeah, just get curious. That's great advice. Be curious. I think that goes for anybody. All right. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to go around the bases here. I got four questions for you. You ready? Rapid fire. Right. Quickest answer you can give me. College at okay. ASU. Best team you ever played against? Ooh, probably Oregon. Yeah, you were, you were there right at the height of their dominance. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go even more narrow now. Best defensive player in college you ever played against? J.J. Watt. JJ, I'm a Wisconsin fan. I couldn't. Did I? Did Arizona State play Wisconsin? We did. We lost seventeen to twenty to seventeen. Uh, block field goal. Oh, I don't remember that or, or game. Missed, okay. Or missed field goal. Yeah, two thousand ten. Okay. okay, I don't remember that game. Yeah, I'm a Badger fan, so that one that one uh, speaks to my heart. Third. Okay. Yeah. Greatest NFL running back you got the chance to watch. Adrian Peterson. Adrian, oh, that guy. You talk about a machine. Wow. Yeah. Last question. 40-yard sprint, got to win the game. Who's winning, Byron or Cam? Oh, me, 100%. <laughs> well, Cam, if anybody – thank you for being on today. This was a fun episode. I appreciate you taking the time. If anybody wants to learn more about you, reach out to you, get in contact with you, what are the easiest ways to do that? Uh, yeah, uh, Instagram is probably the – I'm on Instagram the most. I, I'm on, uh, So Cam underscore Marshall um, is my Instagram name. and then. Uh, I'm on Twitter too. I don't really tweet very much, but I'm on Twitter. So uh, if you ever do reach out to me via Twitter, I'll I'll, uh, I'll respond. But uh, I don't I don't really tweet. But uh, Cam underscore Marshall thirty two is my Twitter. So awesome. Uh, yeah, awesome. those are probably the best ways. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, Cam. This was fun. If you're listening in, um, I hope you took a lot of notes from Cam. This guy excelled on the football field at an extremely high level. In fact, at the highest level you can attain. And now he's attempting to do the same in the entrepreneurial world. So Cam, thank you. And for those listening in, you know what happens when you get that clarity, you get that confidence and they come together. Massive action happens. Go make it happen today. Thank you. Thank you for listening into this week's episode. And if you know of any other high achievers like yourself that you think would benefit from this episode, please do me a favor. Please share this with them. You would help me go a long way in sharing this message, getting this message out to as many people as possible. I'd be forever grateful. And if you really found benefit from today's episode, do me a favor, go subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a great review. It always helps to make sure that this podcast is getting in front of as many ears and eyeballs as possible. Thank you.